Welcome back to Nerd On. You're listening to Mandalorian, the most official unofficial companion series for The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. We break down the episode from plot and key characters and give our takeaways from a mythos and narrative aspect. Today's episode, we cover chapter 13, The Jedi. The Jedi. Ah. Um, the moment we've been waiting for, Tom. The moment yeah, we've yeah, been well, waiting for. Uh, let's introduce the host. My name is Tom. I'm Corey, and that's it. That's all we got. Um, and this episode is brought to you in part by the wonderful people of the Nerdon Nation, powered by Patreon. Uh, check out nerdon.tv backslash Patreon to learn more. If you're a brand spanking new, don't know what that is. It is a platform where you can support your favorite creators, such as podcasters, uh, game makers, um, and craft suppliers. I don't know, man. Um, but it's a wonderful place where you can get perks um, and in tiers of, of levels of contribution um, and get access to never before aired episodes such as the Nerd on Extra and the Nerd on Minute where we do a micropod and talk about things in a rapid succession within 60 seconds. And then the Extra where we go long form and talk about things that we don't get a chance to fully dive into on our typical- A little more personal. Yeah, on our topical ones. Um, and speaking of the topical ones, you get early access to our update episodes as well as our topic episodes. You also get a specific uh, Discord channel um, for you so you can hang out in the Nation Lounge. Um, but also, uh, speaking of that Discord, it is free and open for everyone. If you want to talk more about The Mandalorian Show and what our predictions are and what you loved most about it, check out nerdon.tv backslash Discord. Um, but we can't make this episode without the wonderful people of Apogee and Odyssey. Apogee has provided us with these hype mics um, where we've been able to record um, over the course of this whole shutdown. So it's really portable, easy and easy to use and also very good quality. So if you're looking yeah. to, you know, DM some uh, D&D games, Twitch stream um, or live stream wherever you do on Facebook gaming or YouTube, uh, it's a wonderful thing to use. Yeah. Um, Especially going into the second lockdown in yes, L.A. In L.A. Comes around. at least. Um, but if you want to be able to hear your favorite creators and YouTubers and all uh, everywhere where you listen to things, Odyssey headphones. Um, these are open, uh, open back headphones. Open, open back. Mm-hmm. Open. I keep you, saying open back, it. open end. Um, headphones that we're using and it allows open us end. to open. Oh, God, I'm just fucking <laughs> with you. It's like know, a right? dress. Open back. It is. Yeah, open back. Um, it allows us to actually record for long periods of the day. So I don't know everyone who's been wearing masks. If you you know wear them over your ears for like long periods, of time, your ear you just kind of get you know uh, irritated. But these headphones are really really comfortable. Um, and if your ears were mouths, they would taste like butter, butter. <laughs> like butter, <laughs> darling, like butter. butter. Um, but that's it. Check out all the other affiliates on nerdon.tv, um, our website where you have all of our. Um, access to our, our the articles that we had, uh, the YouTube videos, all the stuff that we do, but also it's uh, different ways to support the show. Um, but with that, let's get to the show. Um, and this is in full space, spoiler, full space, baby. Um, the Jedi, the Jedi. Okay. Um, let's, let's do a little quick, um, initial reactions before okay. we get into the production. So I'll go first go because I'm more curious about yours, Tom, and okay. I think our listeners are as well. Okay. I have been gung-ho about a lot more in this show than you have, <clears throat> but I feel like the tides might change here. For me, uh, hell of an entrance. Hell of an entrance. Way to start a show. Um, I want to give a quick shout-out to Michael Bean because, because... Is it Michael Bean or Michael Bain? I always said Bean, but maybe it's Bain. I don't know. I always said Bian. Uh, maybe we'll look that up. Let us know in the comments. Uh, but, uh, you know, getting to see him in a Western episode again uh, was very exciting, you know, because I know him from Tombstone, Johnny mm-hmm. Ringo. 
Um, so that that standoff was was pretty nice. This was the I'll say this: there was a lot in this that felt the most westerny this show has felt in a long time. Um, but that entrance for Ahsoka was everything I wanted it to be, and I thought Rosario Dawson did wonderfully with the character. Um, it's nice to see an actor who fought for the role. Um, I always say that it's nice because you you have an expectation or at least I'd say a majority of the time that they're going to, they're not just throwing their weight around they're, If they want to roll, they're going to try to take, take it in and take a bite of it uh, in the best way possible, put their, put their full force behind it. And I think that's exactly what she did. Um, by the end of the episode, this became one of my favorites um, in, the, in the series. Okay. Um, for me, uh, I was in a similar camp where, um, I I really enjoyed uh the show with the episode. Um and I, I'm I'm gonna say it like this. Uh-oh. Uh so starting watching The Mandalorian, I have not finished Clone Wars season seven, um, which is the final oh, installment of Clone Wars. And after last episode we did, um, it made me want to uh go back and finish it because I, you know, like the, the story never got finished, but it had so much enough of it where I was like, I was happy where I was at. Um, and seeing that, you know, what happens with clone wars and where it takes place, I'm going to bring it all back together. I promise. Um, yeah. and the bad batch and all that stuff. Um, it made me want to like go back and see why I really enjoy clone Wars so much more than I did any other of the star Wars shows afterwards or star Wars things afterwards. I'm not saying I hate it, but I just enjoyed... The enjoyment wasn't the same. It was supremely higher. So, like, you can like a burger. It doesn't mean you, you know, you hate, you know, frozen food. You know, like, you know, like, I enjoy both. But, like, my enjoyment out of one is going to be supremely better than the other. Um, And watching this episode gave me those things back in a way where I watched it. And there was such a level of direction for an episode not like I will I will still say that I think episode 3 is probably the best written episode of the season so far and that's the episode where it introduced Bo-Katan Bo-Katan yeah uh, Bo-Katan and um Bo-Katan Bo-Katan whatever this episode I think is so far to me the best directed episode um and I can get behind that I I wouldn't say it's probably the best written, but I think it's still the best directed. Not saying like, oh, this director is better than the other person, but the way that it handles the subject matter is an art form in itself. And the art of directing is like, you can't get, you know, Wes Anderson as good of a director he is to direct Jurassic Park. You know, I don't want to watch, you know, um, a Disney movie created by David Fincher. Like, those are two very contrasting flavors that sure. like, are good. Having said thing. that, I would watch a Jurassic Park take by Wes Anderson just for Maybe. the sake of. Yeah, but only saying, because like, the first one came out first. You yes. know what I mean? It's like, it's like I wouldn't mind it, but you know, uh, there's different flavors to it. And there's right. just different levels of handling the material. Um, and so with this episode, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, there are still, there are some things that like, I felt it could be better, but it's kind of like those things where it's like, you know, Iron Man 1 isn't out to be a perfect movie. Right. But it's supposed to be a very enjoyable, fun movie. And I'm like, you know what? For all the things that you did attempt to do and you did it, perfectly fine. We're like movies like Dark Knight Rises. It's like, we're trying to be the perfect ending. It's like, well, yeah. you were-ish. 
and you fell apart here and there. Where like this movie, I don't think this episode wasn't like, hey, we're going to be the best episode of the season. We're like, no, we're going to be the episode that introduces a character that you've been wanting to see for a very long time. Yeah. So, um, th- th- those are those are my takeaways from it. But um, let's get into it. Um, and that'll happen right after I do a little bit of the production. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing, you know. It's the show that's you know we, all Disney Plus, all the good good. Um, except the episode was written and directed by Dave Filoni, best known for Clone Wars, Rebels, Resistance, um, and appearances. Um, this is the first live-action appearance of Ahsoka Tano, played by Rosa- Rosario Dawson, um, from films such as Sin City, Rent, Grindhouse. Um, but like we talked about before, uh, Michael Michael Ben Bean, Bean? Michael Bien, Michael Bean. I'm going to go with both, aka Kyle. Motherfucking Reese from the Terminator. Um, he was also in the Abyss. He was also in, like, as Corey said, Tombstone, um, who uh played um Lang, and then uh Diana Lee Inosanto, who's been in films such as uh the uh The Spy, also in Rent, Star Trek, Enterprise, you know, has done a lot of stunt work. Um, but then she plays um Magistrate Morgan Elsbeth. Mm-hmm. And um, she is a very important character because she later on gets us to something else. But um, yeah. that's pretty much all I really want to say about in terms of production. Um, the episode did come out uh, November 27th. Um, this current episode is 47 minutes long, which grinds my gears just this, you know, just the level that it normally would. I because I, I don't know. know if you want to be a 30 minute drama or an hour long drama. You decide. Um, but, you know, that should be a thing to talk about in the Emmys. Uh, so, um, Yes, let's get right into the episode. Uh, We'll go on our favorite parts, favorite characters, um, and then any qualms. Uh, I want to talk about the big elephant in the room for me. Some people will talk about one thing, but my thing is Admiral Thrawn. Thrawn. Admiral Thrawn for everyone. So this isn't a Clone Wars cut. This is a Rebels cut. Yeah. And so everyone listening, if you're unfamiliar who this Admiral Thrawn is, he was He's like... He's a legacy character, technically. Yeah. But. And Dave Filoni, as we've talked about on the show, is a big fan of the extended lore um, and bringing them into the fold as, as canon. Um, he was the main antagonist for the later half of the Rebel series. At first, it was um, an Imperial dude who was turns cool later on. I'm not going to say how or why. Um, I was like, you're doing a very good job of being spoiler free right now. Yeah. And uh, then later on became an Inquisitor and then it became Admiral Thrawn. And Thrawn, there's something about him as a villain, which was really good because he wasn't a force user, blue skin, red eyes. You've seen the, the species before in Star Wars, but the character is the cold, calculated, conniving but very capable villain. Yes. Of someone who could fight droids with his fists. And that is terrifying. When you th- like, yeah. that's what he uses to spar, is he fights destroyer droids yeah. with his fists. And I like- also liked the HK nod, HK unit nod <clears throat> in this. For those of you who don't know, I don't remember if it's in Rebels at all, HK units, or in, in, in Clone, um, Clone Wars, but in Knights of the Old Republic, one of your main allies is HK-47. So it's a, it's like a hunter-killer droid, like they're assassin droids. And HK-47 is a fan-favorite character uh, because he's evil. He's a very <sighs> evil, I'll say it that way, droid 
and says some just terrible shit and refers to humans as meat bags nice. and only likes you because he calls you master. But he's still nice. like a he's like sassy in a way where he's like, I understand things in a way that you meat bags would never and like no offense, master. Uh, so that was a very exciting little little Easter egg for me. But um, when when she said, where's Thrawn? Mm. I audibly went, oh, shit, out loud <laughs> with, it, with my wife. And I was like, that's a big thing. That's a big name. I'm going to make a hot take. And this is slightly predictive of, you know, our last part of the show. And this is, I, and again, I don't want to. We're not going to see him this season at all. I don't want to. No, well, no, it's not even that. I don't want to shit on people who like the show for what it is. But in my opinion, my small infinitesimal opinion, because I don't make these decisions for Disney and and Star Wars. You don't? No, I don't. Um, uh, I think uh, it sounds really fucked up. I think uh, Dave Filoni should just take over. I think Dave Filoni should just take over because it feels like from John Favreau. Jump from John Favreau. Um, I think John Favreau still acts as showrunner, but it's like if Dave Filoni just directs, and this is an episode that he wrote. I would say I, there's a three directors I would like to to keep in the loop: Chow, Favreau, and Filoni. Yeah, I, I don't know about Favreau. And so, I mean, if he's if it's not his writing, I would say um, I was going to say Filoni, Deborah Chow, and Howard Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm, okay. Those would be the three directors to keep in your in your wheelhouse. Let Favreau show run and Filoni take over as creator. Yeah, let Favreau be a Greg Berlanti. Just have his own universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'm I'm cool with that um, because you'll have the Favreau touch where the CW shows have the Berlanti touch, um, and then you let the showrunners do you know the, the writers and directors do their own thing. And mm-hmm. I, to me, it, this felt this episode felt like you can do this. You're not going to do this, but you can just be like. Fuck what you heard. We're going to go and just fulfill all of the rebel stuff. And I'm like, bring me that Ezra Miller. Bring me that not Ezra, Miller, uh, Ezra Bridger. I was about to say, I was like, uh, who do you want as Ezra? Who do you want Ezra Miller to play? Ezra I know, Bridger? Right? I, I would want um, the internet is saying uh, Mina Masood, who is uh, who played uh, Aladdin from the last. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. That would like, work. You know what? I wouldn't be That's mad. That's good casting. Uh, I wouldn't be cast. mad at all. Bring me Sabine Wren. Give me. Her Mandalorian. I want the Mandalorian that graffitis and is artistic. I'm like, oh my god. And then give me the Loth Wolves. Give me fucking Steve Bloom's character. I'm like, are we oh. gonna see a little bit of a crossover between this and the Obi Wan show? I don't know, but it's supposed I to be also the same think, time period, right? I also think this is a question for you: Is there room for Donald Glover as Lando to come in somewhere? Because he makes appearances in Rebels. Lando, Lando is a character, does. but Lando. Lando at this point would be, be would be. Uh, Billy D would be Billy D, younger Billy D. So it's even older. I mean, if they dress, I mean, yeah, he would have age to age up. his character up. Yeah, I would love that. Are you kidding me? That's the one thing I wish we got more of was more Donald Glover as Lando because he was the best part of that movie. I'm, I, that, that, that's to me, it's the thing where it's like now you've kind of said like to the world, you don't have to do this Mandalorian show. I'm not saying again, I hate the Mandalorian show, but it's like now you could just do stuff that you did in Rebels where it's like here's a little of the things that you do and. Yeah. It's interesting in that sense, but let's talk about the episode. Um, okay, I gotta get your hot or cold, hot or cold on something real quick before we move to Ahsoka Tano because that's gonna soak soak up a lot of time. Uh, <laughs> I'm dead. Grogu, Grogu, how do you feel? Grogu, um, sure. Um, 
I, I liked the memes on the internet where it was like, this is a Yaddle erasure episode. Uh, no. <laughs> and I was like, well, sure. No, if whatever. you think about it on a timeline, though, she wouldn't know who Yaddle is. Some people are speculating that Grogu, who is the name of the child at this point, it's not Baby Yoda, everyone. It's not the child. It's Grogu. Um, and Grogu knows his own name, um, is the love child between Yoda and Yaddle. Okay. Yeah. I, like, I, I did see a lot of people, uh, like, I, I dig that. I'm into that. I hope it is because Ahsoka, Yaddle left the council between the first and second movies. Mm-hmm. So she wouldn't have been there by the time Ahsoka came Ahsoka in Khan. as, yeah. So that is, Yoda is the only one she knows of. Um mm-hmm. The name Grogu doesn't bother me at all. It's very Star Wars-y. I, 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 it's weird that I think people are getting upset about it. But I think there's, again, a loud, audible fraction. For me... Well, I heard... I read this... I watched this this group of people who were watching it live. And they paused it to talk about the name. And someone made a very good point in that group. And I couldn't express myself. And then they said it. And I was like, that's why I feel this way. We only think Yaddle, Yoda, Chewbacca. Those are all normal names to us because we've grown up with them. But when yeah. you look at the name Chewbacca, that's a weird name. I used to pronounce Qui-Gon Jinn as Qui-Gon. That's so. a weird name. Like, yeah. these are all strange Amidala. Like, yeah. uh, for me, Grogu fits in with that that line of names just fine. Like, it wouldn't if you lined them all up to me and I hadn't known them, I wouldn't be like, that's the weird one. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> if, if that's a question of hot and cold of, like, what do I think of the originality Bo-Katan. of it? I don't, I, I, to me... Look, throw language, throw words together that sound cool. Like, I'm fine with it. Like, Admiral Thrawn, Savage Opress, Asajj Ventress. Like, yeah, those are all names that, like, what? But then, like, to me, it's the, it's the, it's what this you do is a them. mud horn. I'm like, what, really? How did you come up with that? Yeah. It could be wild. You know, like, like the low cat, low cat, I think it's called Lothwolf. Lothcat, yeah. Lothcat. But, like, it's, it's to, is your point of, Look at Boromir and Aragorn and Mount, Mount Evil. Yeah, Mount Doom. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you know, like, you know, it's like, hey, hey look, it's, it's the Millennium Falcon. It's the Imperial Destroyer. It's the Razor Crest. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, like, it's the Slave One. You know, like. I'm in for Grogu. Uh, I'm, I'm loving it. I, um, I, yeah, to me, I don't think he's supposed to have like a, in a like a, a menacing or a powerful sounding name. Like Grogu, no. it's, it's Grogu, you know, whatever. I'm uh, fine with it. It's not any worse than Grokey, and no one cared about that. Yeah, I to answer your question, hot and cold. I'm lukewarm. Fine. I'm yeah, just same. like it's whatever. Like I don't hate it. I should, I have, I should have said yes or no. Yes yeah. or no. Yes, it's a yes. Fine. Yeah, Grogu's sure. Great. I'm I'm a, I'm a sure. Let's play with it, baby. Like uh, just give me more. Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano. Rosario Dawson's take on Ahsoka Tano. A little I've read online a little jarring for people to not hear the original actress's voice, mm-hmm. which I get. Which is for that. me. I'm a big Ahsoka Tano fan. And I remember watching the first film with Ahsoka Tano and it introduces the character. And I hated Ahsoka Tano. Like, it was, it was my problem with children in, in movies. You know, like, yeah. they're just dumb, irresponsible, and juvenile. But when you watch the show, you're like, oh my gosh. Ahsoka Tano grows to become, like, one of the greatest Jedis. And you don't get that without going through the growing pains of seeing this character. And so I seeing, say she doesn't even become a Jedi. She's more just a Force user. She's a great Jedi. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, but, yeah. Not neutral, baby. She's not uh, recognized by the Jedi Order. And yes. she refuses both. But in its way, like, that's the most Jedi thing you could do. Yeah. True. Uh, you know what? True. Yeah. Um, it's like the hipster thing. It's like, don't call me a hipster. I don't want to be called that. It's like, that's fucking hipster. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, 
I so I was a big fan of Ahsoka Tano and not hearing her voice or seeing her move the way that she did in, in an animated world felt like oh but it's also like dude this is Ahsoka Tano like we could only go up and we could you know like we could have gotten yeah. worse and yeah. it's it's taken seriously and I think it takes the proper steps of like at this point Ahsoka Tano is the most powerful force user in the universe you know that's talking about Luke Skywalker Luke Skywalker may have more midi chlorians I don't care but Ahsoka Tano has been using the force and has been adept at using lightsabers far yeah. longer than Luke, Luke ever Skywalker's has. just at the end of Return of the Jedi yeah after this so yeah, yeah. And, he's uh, like he's just a, building his academy. He's just about to go kill his uh, nephew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, I I enjoyed the little opening fight. It felt like this episode, and this is maybe again maybe a bias I have. This felt more of the Kira Kurosawa, more of the samurai yes. story, and not of the westerny stuff. I think the westerny stuff kind of started to run dry for me in the sense mm. of like you're not being epic with things. And it's something that I really enjoyed because the lightsaber fight and the Beskar spear was by far one of the better fight scenes in Star Wars history in a long time because they're, you don't know much about these characters if you're a casual audience, but you know there's a lot at stake. Yes. You know that there's like an emotional resonance before without even knowing these characters. So it may, may fall like upon you, like maybe... We don't know who the magistrate is, or we don't care who Ahsoka Tano is, but like there is uh I don't want to call it the Ma, because that's a different thing in Japanese uh storytelling, but there is a a pause and there is like, okay, let your heart settle before we get into like the bang, 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 bang fight. Yeah. And then they have those moments, and it's this testing of like, okay, this is your argument versus my argument in physical form, and it has a pause and a break. So the physicality that Ahsoka Tano had throughout this episode, I was on board for. I really enjoyed. Um, what about you? What are your What are your thoughts on Ahsoka Tano? Uh, I thought this was perfect. This is the. I think for me personally, again, uh, this oh. was the best live action interpretation of that character that I could have hoped for. It was the Ewan McGregor. It was the Ewan McGregor. It was the yeah. This is this is it. This is I think Rosario Dawson. Shout out to her and Dave Filoni for for taking this on and taking it so seriously. And 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 you could tell the way she played it is it's a character she truly cares about and thinks deserves the time and weight that any other character. It's not just like oh I'm going to be in a Star Wars movie. Cool, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and this I is thought really she, important for people. Yeah, yeah. And I thought she played that that kind of calm and air and grace that Ahsoka has once she is that neutral. You know, comes back with her double lightsabers and. Uh, or two lightsabers, rather. Uh, and seeing her flip it halfway through that fight felt really good to me. Um, um, that, just for people to get some, you know, I won't spoil it for you, but Ahsoka has had to do more than, I think, any of the other Jedi um, that we've seen in terms of, like, learning about the different sides of the Force because she's had to actually work with Sith, like, Sith yeah. users. Um, and... Dark side. The dark side users. And I, I think there's something that happened with Rosario Dawson's interpretation where there was this level of like, there is not that sense of glee and, you know, prim of like, hey, let's go save the universe. But this like, you can, like, the one, one of my favorite parts is when she says, I will not train the boy mm -hmm. because I see that emotion is is really strong. 
and I've seen what it does to even better to a fully trained Jedi Knight was her and, exact sense. And I was just like, oh yeah. my, because everyone who's listening who may not know, she was uh, Anakin Skywalker's Annie. Anakin Skywalker's uh, <laughs> apprentice in the animated series. They expand upon what the Clone Wars is, and in that time. In order for Anakin to become a Jedi Master, he had to take yeah. on an apprentice, and he did it when Ahsoka. And the kind of backwards thinking that the Jedi thought was like, Anakin needs to learn how to find self-restraint, so we're going to give him someone who is even more crazy than he is. So he has to tell her how to like reel it in. But to me, as a character, she ends up becoming far superior than him because she, she sees the seduction of the dark side and she sees the faults with the Jedi council. And then she later on becomes like a target for, for everybody. And so she learns how to like see the systems at which are at play, which causes everyone to just lose at the end. And yeah, uh, you see that in this character, you see I think those... Rosario brought that a hundred percent. This is and, someone who's watched the series. Rosario has watched <laughs> Star yeah, Wars. And I think there has to be a little bit, no, not to get political and all that stuff, there has to be a little bit of conversation of like, Rosario Dawson is a huge political activist. Mm-hmm. Um, and she definitely sees that there is a better way to go upon our American way of living. And so it, 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 there comes that life experience that she brings to the, the character of like, I know what good we can have and I've seen how bad it can get. And I'm kind yeah. of just like having to work as an operator in between the two so it doesn't ever get too bad. Yeah. Um, and I, um, I enjoyed that. And she has such badass moments, like that first opening scene, obviously. But when Pulling she cuts that swords. bell in half, yeah. I, I thought with, I thought the cutting the tree and then using it to hit somebody. Yes. Like, the middle part of it. And, and the thing that I really enjoyed was something that, you know, I know, Corey, you love the prequel series and how the fight scenes are probably the best fight scenes. I think I think the prequel fight scenes are better than the, the sequel fight scenes. Yes. Um, but they don't use the force very... Um, I guess uh, astutely, I think the best for- use of force is probably Obi-Wan versus Anakin. Yeah. You saw it kind of like go off the chain anytime Yoda's fighting. Yeah. Um, but the way that Ahsoka uses it, and I think I really liked it with Obi-Wan because in Revenge of the Sith, when Obi-Wan's fighting Grievous, that really made me be like, oh, Jedis aren't just old dudes with swords. They can jump super far and they have super speed. Yeah. like, And that's what they showed here was that like, you can, you're hopping around. You are like apex predator if you wanted to be. Yeah, and that's well, you why get a little bit taste too. And Darth Maul tosses shit at Obi Wan and Qui Gon, or yeah. moves things out of the way so he can keep walking. And yeah, uh, this was this is yeah, that tree bit. I had to rewind it and watch that like four or five times. And like, then the tree I, just falls perfectly where it was cut and slides off. Like I liked it when Ahsoka, you know, uh, Lang sends out or or the magistrate sends out the HK units, and Ahsoka. It's kind of like it's 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 Rorschach. It's like you're not hunting me. I'm hunting you. Yeah. It's like oh yeah. Like it's how you should feel like when you see General Grievous. Like oh, run, run. (laughs) I it was kind of cool because I never I was interested, but I never felt nervous for her until that. Obviously the 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 duel. Mm -hmm. But they made her. They gave that power level. Uh, they they gave her that power level which I think was a smart move because it even made their duel even more impressive because you're like, this chick just tore through your entire town and now she's having a tough time fighting you, the magistrate. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, you even disarm her. That's pretty amazing. Um, I, I'll also say that I think a bit of direction, like shout out to Dave Filoni in this, the villager who oh, yeah. is about to run out Asian and homie. risk his life to save the uh, 
the prisoners who she says to execute before Mando shows up, he's about to run out there and just be like, I might die, but I have to do something. And Mando comes in and they just have this moment of like, okay. And then they start working together immediately. Um, Wing T Chow. I told Dana when when that moment happened, I rerounded it and watched it like two or three times to get the minutia of it. Of like the they have that not an agreement, and then they start releasing. I was like, if he dies in this episode, I'm never watching this show again. <laughs> never. There's no reason this man should die, and he almost did, and he didn't. So, so you want to know some fun facts about him? Yes, he was a former Disney Imagineer. <gasps> Precious. He helped, he helped expand markets to China and Hong Kong. This is Wing T Chow. Um, and he brought in more than $12 billion to Disney. Yeah, put um, him in the show. <laughs> and uh, he is, quote unquote, known as a Disney legend. So That guy, shout guy. out to him. That little, you know, like I would call that the, the F plot or G plot uh, <laughs> of this episode was wonderful. It didn't need to be here in the, in the episode, but finding room for it elevated this episode to like my favorite one. That's like, like the little things like that. The thing I kind of liked about it was compared to, I, f- I think Sanctuary is the episode where we get introduced to Cara Dune. It's Bryce Dallas Howard's first episode. Yeah. But that's Seven Samurai. It's seven, it's seven Samurai. Uh, it's like, teach them how to fight for themselves. This one felt a little bit, n- to me, I, I like this kind of storytelling where you come in, you see this place, and here comes the hero. It's very Western in that sense where it's like, he- hero comes in and takes out the bad guys. But right. seeing the the decade like the the decrepit squalor that they were living in, um, like the first part was like, please don't talk to them or us. Like yeah. there was a, a very nice moment where it's like, this place is a bad place. Um, but uh, yeah, I it's reminiscent to me. Like again, I, I do the thing because I'm DC boy. D, uh, Batman vs Superman in the funeral sequence, there is the person who bought the five million dollar Superman comic book, right? And they were like, let's honor Put somebody who's, yeah. who's been in there. So it, it was really cool. And that's one thing I'll say, you know, Corey, I think drew a accurate picture that I have been um, very critical of the show, but there's one thing I really like is that the casting has been so far very good. So, very good. Um, um, so that little moment stood out to me amongst all of this, which is impressive because a lot of this stuff in here is huge, huge yeah. for the, the Mandalorian story. Um, I also just love that like Papa Mando, man, Papa Mando. He, Groku loves him and trusts him. And son Grogu. I, the little, the little circular storytelling of, of using the top of his gear shift as the, uh, you know, MacGuffin for mm-hmm. the force. I thought it was really, really good writing. I thought that was something, you know, let's bring that back from season one. Um, and that's how he's going to get him to trust him as give, you know, give him the thing he wants. Uh, and it's it just it it it's put this wedge in the story now. Like we've been rooting for Mando to get Jedi to train this little Yoda, but now I don't know if I want him to. I think <laughs> I want him to keep Grogu, and I think I want him to, you know, be a part of that. Like, what? How cool would it be to have a little baby Grogu Mandalorian Jedi? I like it's like it's like raising. Superman's kid getting raised by Batman. Like this yeah. is super cool. I think it's a very uh yeah, it's a it's a it's a Billy Billy Batson Shazam kind of feel where it's like you are you, you are a a Jedi, you have the for you have the foundation and you have the chance and opportunity to learn under, you know, what we've now cinematically seen as probably the best Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um and uh you know, how do you 
not have these two warring factions. Like, why aren't Mandalorians a thing in the sequel series? Maybe this Grogu character helps create peace between the two and the Mandalorians, you know, just live off on their own. So, yeah. um, man, I just realized that is something that the sequel series is missing. We need some fucking Mandalorians. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm just like, oh, man. Um, Tom, but, you're catching on board. Why I'm liking them less and less as time goes on. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's that kind of thing where I think – this can be a good story um, of of Grogu, Sun Grogu, yeah. and the Ooh. and the Nimbus Cloud. I wanted to say one last thing. I don't know if you were wrapping up. No, 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 no. I wasn't. Oh, we're okay, gonna, we're gonna do continue, characters. We're gonna do continue qualms. your thought then. For- well, no, no, no. I was gonna say I think this is a good story, and I I, I want to see where it goes. But I want to hear your part, and then we'll do favorite characters. Okay. Then- um, because I will. Uh, I've, I, before we did season two this season, I went back and I re-listened to our entire season one just to get on the same page of like, also to catch myself up with what happened in season one. Um, and I remember your reaction to them introducing the dark saber and you're like, that doesn't mean anything to anyone. Um, and I was like, well, I was thinking about the way they introduce it. Yeah. I mean, obviously as a, as a viewer, if you don't know anything about it, you get that this guy's a bad guy. And he's, it's a weapon. But you don't know that the weapon is important. The way they did this with Thrawn uh, is, is, is a better way of introducing something that people know. But for those of you who don't know, you automatically know this is a, a very important bad guy. Just by the way of getting the information. The way the fight's going. You know this Ahsoka, who seems to have the answer to everything, can't find him. And she's willing to go into this city where everyone's willing to kill her. To just to find get- out. Yeah, so I thought I thought of you immediately when they were doing that. I wanted to know what your thought on how they introduced Thrawn is, because obviously to you and I, that's a big, oh, holy shit, Thrawn. But to those who, like even, you know, my wife who doesn't watch Clone Wars or anything, she knows Thrawn now is a dude to be scared of because Ahsoka wants him. Um, or Thrawn should be scared of her. But um, Same, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I think even Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan's way of talking about where is it? Where is the, where is the dark saber? Does does yeah. he have it? And it's like, who are you talking about? And at the end of the episode, you cut to Moff Gideon. And you're like, oh, this motherfucker has it. like. There is a level of like you're letting the people pick up the pieces and mm-hmm. figure that out instead of just like, here's an Infinity Gauntlet that has no one gives a shit about this. No one right. knows what the fuck that is. Um, so it's kind of like, oh, get these stones. Like, what are these stones? Like, let them ask those questions, and they'd be like, why does so that say gauntlet the have those? Yeah. So intro is much better. Yeah. To handled. to exactly the point that you just said was just like, yeah, that's. It's like, oh, okay, who the fuck is this guy? Because so far we have met two very powerful women that Mando has had to encounter, and they're both looking for someone or something. Yeah. And these things are like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Um, instead of just kind of like, ah, here it is. It's like, here's a, here's a, uh, a, you know, I don't know, a thing. Or it's like, here's another Death Star. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like, we're building something that could destroy star systems. You're like, oh, what could it be? It can be another Death Star. That'd be crazy. That'd, that'd be insane. <laughs> that'd be um, crazy. The last question I want to ask before we do like favorite characters and stuff is the showdown. The standoff in the middle of the town. With Bane um, and... Uh, yeah. Did you enjoy that scene? I thought it was good. I liked their... I liked... I was dialogue. Put, I was put on the same ride that I think they intended, where it was like, maybe he will leave. 
And I would have actually preferred it because it's like, I want him to be this character in the background, but uh, Mandalorian is proving to be like the DC universe where it's like, just kill the villain and then we'll never bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I just want to see him again. <laughs> because uh, I, I, I like, I liked him. I liked, I, I agree with you. I would have liked him to live. I didn't, I mean, the way they did it was cool. It was very, again, back to the Western roots of a quick draw, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and But I liked the the dialogue that they gave him, the monologue. I was mm-hmm. like, thank God, give him something to do because that's, uh, we'll get into that later, but he, uh, the dialogue he got to deliver was the like, is it your side or is it my side? Who sounds knows? Like like, what side. Are we, we got no stake in this, you know? Oh, yeah. Sounds like your side. Um, I really enjoyed it. He really puts down the that. gun. Yeah, like there, there, like that almost feels like, that comes back to direction again though. The only two people that could have done that role, I think. One, Michael Bean or Bane or Walton, Walton Goggins. You know, yeah. like, oh, yeah, Walton just, Goggins, man. Like, oh, I would like, love to have Walton in the Mandalorian yeah. somewhere. I would want him to be like another bounty hunter who's like better than Mando. Like, let's just go off the wall with Thrawn and give it to Michael Walton Goggins. Do you, so let's talk about that a little bit. Do you know who the, the favorite fan cast for that is? No, I have my own list of like top three, but it's, it's Bandit Cumberbatch. And I was like, Guys, can he not be in everything? Don't. He's okay. becoming the Tom Hardy of everything. I was just like, he's in Star Trek, he's in Marvel, he's at BBC. Now he's gonna be in Star Wars. God, I mean, like, how, I love how him. old do you picture Thrawn at this point? I mean, all the ages are all quote unquote wrong in the universe, where like Bo Katan and Ahsoka should be like in their seventies at this point. But if we're just playing off of, like who I want to be, and doesn't matter, Thrawn. Um, for the way I have him. You know, he could be in his 40s. That's fine. Okay. Okay. And, that doesn't and, affect my list all that much, actually. Who, who, the only one who doesn't fit yours. in that list now is if he's in the 40s, then Jason Isaac doesn't work for Ron. Okay. Thrawn. okay. Uh, Jason but Isaac. my other two, one's a obvious, I would say one's an obvious choice and one's one that I think could be a surprise and delight. Uh, Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. Thrawn is the obvious choice, I feel like. And this one might be a little more unpopular, but I've thought about it. I've seen it online once or twice, but he came to mind when I was watching. When I kind of want to see Sterling K. Brown try to tackle it. Interesting. Very interesting. I, and I don't know what that, why I do, but I just... Well, it's because he's be, really good. Sterling really K. Brown's good. a really good actor. I would want him to be my Mr. Freeze more, but... Um, yes. Oh, my God. Um, this is not mutually excuse- yeah. exclusive. Yeah. Um, Two blue characters, I guess, in one career might be a bit much. Um, part of me wants to have Tom Hiddleston. Oh, yes. Um, that I would be awesome. Blue Man real good. Um, and then another part of me wants uh, Killian Murphy. Because with Thrawn, you gotta have I someone who that. just who just man, he will kill you. Like Thrawn is scary in how smart, but also like fighting against a Jedi is not something he's scared of. And he's not a force user. I'm like, how do you mess with that? How do you mess <laughs> with someone like that? He's not a man, he doesn't have gadgets. It's like, oh my, oh, oh no, like he no. So I'll like, also say this though, because I love that. That's my now my number one choice. <laughs> I'll I'm gonna throw that out there. Uh I will say just for the sake of having people come in and do their actual, like, like getting uh, Bo-Katan to be played by the same person. Who mm-hmm. 
Lars Mikkelsen is is a screen actor. And he kind of fits the body type. He's a little older. Oh, I you know what? Can, I wouldn't mind him at all. Lars Mikkelsen and then you get the actual voice as well. Uh and the physicality and he's a screen actor. He's he's not unfamiliar with being no. on screen. That's where he started. So, you know, he's he's a Mikkelsen. They are fantastic actors. They they can do it just fine. Um for so those, those who don't yeah. know, he's in The Killing, House of Cards, uh, Right Upon the Storm, Headhunter. Sherlock, right? Uh, no. He's no, in no, no. The Witcher as Strigobor. Um, so. I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, I, I, I'd be down. I'd be down. You know what? I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for that. Lars Mikkelsen. Um, uh, cool. That'd be really cool. Deep cut. Um, so qualms. Yes. Qualms. Uh, I had, wait, I, I lost it. I lost Oh, oh, not giving Michael Bian enough to do. I just, this has happened once or twice in this series where you're like, you brought them in. Give Ming, them something to do. Ming now when, yep. Uh, if I'm really honest with you, when his casting was revealed back when, I was hoping he was going to be a character named Dash Rendar. Who, who those of you who don't know, there was a, a multimedia kind of thing that happened in the 90s with Star Wars with a thing called Shadow of the Empire. And he was a, he was in a video game for Nintendo 64, Dash Rendar. He's basically like a more rebellious Han Solo. He's a uh he's like a runner. He's mm-hmm. a he's a does whatever he needs to be done, like a mercenary, essentially. Uh and in the Shadow of the Empire game, you meet up with like Luke, Han Solo, Leia, all that kind of stuff. Um, he's kind of intertwined in the story. He has since been removed, however. In the Han Solo companion book that came out with the movie, there's a note from Dash Rendar saying that Han Solo is a shitty pilot and he gets all his coordinates from Chewbacca anyway. Mm. So, uh, you know, they have that playful uh, rivalry. Uh, and Michael Biehn would be perfect for that role. So uh, that could be baggage. That could be some baggage I'm bringing to this episode, seeing him not do enough. Uh, because I had my hopes up, which is my own damn fault. It's nothing to do with the show. But I've also trying to take a step back and watching it again. I was like, they just didn't give him a whole lot except for that one monologue. And I was like, this is, this is a big actor you got. Like, give him something to do or save him for a different episode where he can be the main guy because he just felt kind of tossed to the side. I um, do you remember Cad Bane? He's the blue guy. Cad Bane, blue bounty hunter. In Clone yes, Wars yes, 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 yes. Yeah, look, bug eyes and yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, so I thought that's what what he was going to be because I couldn't remember if he had died or not. But I just read something on the internet. Everyone, if you want to just look up what happened to Cad Bane, um, it deals with something that happens in the Mandalorian. So I was just like, <gasps> if that happens, I'm here for it. But um, <laughs> that's what I thought he was going to happen to. He was going to play that character because I was like, oh yeah, why not? Um, but uh, a qualm that I kind of had was. Um, the, the 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 runner getting to Ahsoka was great. I think that was fine. The feeling that these people were kind of taken over by the magistrate was kind of like, I don't really know how many people. You have the one example with the family, which was really great. But like, it felt like three apartment complexes got taken over and that was it. They didn't do the scale well. I'll agree with that. Yeah, it just showed the main road twice. But yeah, and and know. maybe it's a small outpost, and that's fine. But it just felt like 
oh my god, this whole civilization is like, I mean, this whole, I've seen three people. Like, they could quickly get out, like, overnight. And so I'm like, that was one thing that kind of just being like, huh, I felt like, like, and to me, Ahsoka not being able to break in or just not taking what she wants uh, up until this moment felt weird. Like, it felt like, well, we just happened to get here at this moment where it didn't feel like Ahsoka has been, like, chopping her way through Imperial magistrates after magistrate. And then finally right. this one's like, okay, cool. Hey, 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 hey. Like you're there. Or finally you came in. So um, it just kind of felt like very propped up um, in that gotcha. sense. Uh, so that, that's really my only qualm um, of the episode. Same term- with the yeah. Michael BN, but I agree with that one. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll adopt that one as well. Yeah. And I guess in terms of like the writing, it, there is just a little bit of that point of just like, yeah, you do you do your part, but we don't get any more out of you. And which kind of like, eh, like I want to see more of Katano and the fights were great. I loved yeah. the fight in the courtyard yeah. or in the garden yard, whatever you would call that. Courtyard, uh, courtyard, her courtyard, her yeah. private courtyard. I thought that was a great fight. And I'll say this: I think this is one of the better examples of lightsaber use or CGI that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, like these lightsabers looked great. They felt like they had some weight to them. Like. They reflected no. off her face really well. Yeah, using them to light herself up in the the clouds was really cool. Yeah, um, um, yeah. And getting to see white lightsabers on screen for like, in live action for the first time is like a dream of mine ever since Knights of the Old Republic when you could secretly get a silver lightsaber and it was a big deal. Yeah, and um, I mean, I think the thing it also answers the question of what does Beskar armor do against uh, lightsabers, which again is ultimately where we're gonna quote unquote hopefully head to is a fight between Moff Gideon and. Din Jaren, where mm-hmm. okay, what's he got to fight against? Well, now he has the spear, and so he'll yeah. fight. He'll use the spear to fight against Moff Gideon. Hopefully, yep. unless the dark saber they make it, it's like it's actually stronger. And it's like okay, well, okay, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> so. Right, we'll see. But Dave <laughs> we'll Filoni, well done, sir. Good job. Well done, Rosario Dawson. I I got to give her another shout out. Yeah. I thought she brought so much in, in the makeup department and the and the prosthetics oh, dude, and costume effects, like. You guys all deserve a fucking... Oh, this was great. Y'all did great. Yeah. Uh, Just give Michael Bean more to do if yeah. you have him on your set. Yeah. Because he's a wonderful actor. Oh, and also, I really uh, I really like the color grade. Like, yeah. there's one thing that I got really bored with was like, Mando was Silverman. I'm like, I, I'm so over this. But the kind of greenish, brownish... But having the green reflect off, I'm like, cool. Like, it yeah. looks good. Like, him in a desert where everything's just white light instead of yellow for no reason. I'm like, oh, give him more color. Because um, Mando we'll sues, Django sues blue. Like, Mando, uh, uh, Boba, green and red. And so it's like, it's just silver and black. And it's just like, cool, it looks cool in dark areas. But well, in I think your areas, point is that, like, as a filmmaker, you have an opportunity to play. Yeah. With his armor. And you're not you're not taking it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Same with the Mar- the Marvel movies when they were like, you have an opportunity to play with music here, and you're not taking it. Yeah, uh, you have themes you can use. There's nothing wrong with the silver suit if you know how to use it. Yeah, um, but silver on its own. Yeah, after like a while there, there should be a really wonderful moment where someone has a red lightsaber and someone has a blue lightsaber, and you see it both on him. So it's like, yeah, there's duality that he's having to go through. It's a lot but, of fun. You can have. Will they do it? I don't know. Um, Dipper Chow, we need you more than ever. <laughs> um, but other than that, no, uh, all the qualms are done. All our favorite predictions character? are. Oh, favorite character? Oh, shit. We didn't do favorite characters. No. Uh, favorite character. Um, 
How is it, how is it not Ahsoka Tano? Do two, do two, because it's going to be Ahsoka for both. Ahsoka of us, Tano and and I liked learning more about Grogu. I have to give a shout out to the villager. Oh yeah, I just that moment where he's like, I don't care if I die, I have to try to save my fellow people. He was willing to do it. He was willing to get shot to try to save those people from being executed. I just I admire that. Because I don't know if I could do it. Uh, and then Mando showing up and just that nod. Like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. I think he he takes the cake for second favorite character in this. But I am excited to learn more about Grogu. And that he has a name. And that he has, you know, fully formed thoughts. And that yeah. he trusts Mando. Yeah. I would, I would love to see that. I would love to see him be a character and not a prop. Yeah. Um... Cool. So I feel complete. Yeah, that that's it, baby. I hope you guys enjoyed. That's all the show we got. Um, please, everyone, uh, if you want to talk more about it, check out our Discord. We have an entire section for Mandalorian conversations in there. Um, fill that up. Be part of the conversation. Talk about your favorite parts, your least favorite parts. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong, please. I love, yeah. I love all the trolls hitting me up, baby. Um, but uh, we want to know your thoughts of what did you think of this episode? Where your where the show is going? Um, but uh, on top of that, all everyone check out our Nerd on Nation Patreon, uh, nerdon.tv backslash Patreon, um, our Discord, nerdon.tv backslash Discord. Um, and wherever you're listening to, be sure to share it with a friend, family, uh, a child who you may think that might like the, the child. child. The child. Uh, the art, <laughs> Grogu, formerly known as the child. Um, and uh, also, like, you know, all the good things that you could do to support the show, please do so. Um, find the time to do so. We, we appreciate it. Um, and let us know how you did. Um, but other than that, take care of yourselves. Stay hydrated. Stay safe. Um, and take care of each other. We'll see you next week, y'all. Yes, until next week. You know the drill. As always, nerd, nerd on. on. Ending broadcast.